So welcome to another episode of Cake Watch, and um, this is a particularly interesting episode, because I'm not sat in your podcast dungeon, Steve. No. Nor am I sat in my front room. Uh, in your pants. In my pants. <laughs> I am wearing my pants, but I'm wearing other things on top of them. <laughs> because I'm in the European Parliament. Ooh, we're on location. We're on location. Cake Watch Live. Absolutely, live. very exciting. So yeah, I'm introducing myself, Chris Kendall, um, Eurocrat, but here in a personal capacity. Um, my name's Steve Bullock. I'm an ex-negotiator for uh, the UK in the EU. And I- I'm a bit confused, actually, Chris, because I don't know whether I'm here in a personal capacity or not. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm sitting across from the desk from, uh, from my boss, Alan Smith, MEP, who we have on the show this week. Well, professional or otherwise. Let's see if anybody sues us afterwards, and then we'll decide. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If there are any court cases, we can we can we can choose we can choose which legal regime we're under. That's quite a good idea, actually. Yeah, yeah. It's really exciting. This is our first guest spot. So, Alan, congratulations well, on being feel, the podcast. Feel honoured to, 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 and, and, and to finally see in the flesh the Derek and Clive of the Remainer, <laughs> the, 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 the Remainer resistance. Is, uh, and fucking outrage. <laughs> And who was t- t- tapping at the door with a second version of the customs partnership? Greta, bloody god! I felt that hand on my cheek, <laughs> upper or lower. Max, fuck you, say. That's uncanny. Fuck that! Don't think you did. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Alan, uh, what, can we ask you to introduce yourself for the very few of our listeners who don't know who you are? Oh, James, it, it, it's amazing how the profile of the MEPs has been an overnight sensation, uh, 15 years in the making. Uh, <laughs> I, I've, I'm an SNP MEP, was first elected uh, 2004, uh, just after my 12th birthday. It was an incredible, <laughs> incredible achievement, I was delighted, because uh, I was doing my old grades at the time. I uh, have been here on the Agriculture Committee, uh, primarily then the Energy Committee, uh, you know, big, real big ticket issues for Scotland. Uh, obviously, I've also been able to. You know, Scotland is one constituency for the EU, so I've, I've I've a nationwide constituency. So I'm every bit as local in Shetland as Stranraer and the Western Isles and East Lothian. So I've been able to dodge about the whole of Scotland for the last fifteen odd years, uh, watching Scottish politics change. Uh, the, the attitude mm. to the constitution, the attitude to my party, the attitude mm. to our place in the world, the attitude to what. Uh, what we want for Scotland and how, what we want for our wider continent. So it, it's, it's been a, an, an incredible roller coaster journey, uh, which has accelerated somewhat in the past mm. past wee while. Uh, during the EU referendum, I was more active than most. I did uh, forty odd public meetings up and down the country. <laughs> we published. Uh, we also published the Wee Blur book, which became Scotland in Europe, which mm. is still still out there as mm. uh, www.scotlandineurope.eu. Uh, other political parties are available. <laughs> but, uh, but actually, in that one, we, we went for a, n- as, as, as non-partisan as possible with mm. as many footnotes as possible. Mm. Just to, one of my criticisms still of the EU and how it does stuff is that if you're looking for a, a noddy guide explanation, mm. either it's really noddy, mm. as in aimed at five-year-olds, and you know, it's it, colour color in the European countries and can you recognise Hungary you know, that, that, mm. that sort of stuff which admittedly I'm not sure half the UKIP MEPs can do but <laughs> it, or it's 
here's how the conciliation process works on the structural funds recast stuff. Mm, yeah. it, 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 and, and there's not a lot in between. Mm. And one of the things where I, I think, and I think this is why we had the result in Scotland that we had, amongst other reasons, mm. was that we actually set out to explain the benefits of how this is working to people, mm. as opposed to you've heard the myths, you've heard the rest of it. Yeah. And and we had a, a very distinct result in Scotland, partly because of that, yeah. partly because of different politics, partly because of the rest of it. But since that point, I've, I've said it before, I went straight to angry and I'm still there. I, I, yeah. I, I, I am not going to let these bastards away with it. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they have... There is a full-scale assault on democracy underway, and yeah. the way that particularly Westminster has collapsed into nihilism should, yeah. should really be worrying all of us. I, mean, I, I really, I really think the same. This all the time, you know, that if if the result had gone how, uh, how it went, but it had been based on a sort of uh, the kind of campaign you would have expect, you know, the standards of campaigning you would have mm. normally expected, and then it. The immediate aftermath had been handled reasonably with a cross-party commission and you know, a pledge to find the least damaging way to do it, yeah. and, and so on. You know, the, I think we really wouldn't have this movement. I would still be unhappy about it. I yeah. would still think it was completely the wrong decision. Mm. But, there but are I wouldn't ways. be angry. I wouldn't necessarily be angry in the same no. in the same way, though. No. No. no, there are ways in which this could have been handled in, in a way which had left me sad, but not quite so angry and distraught mm. at what's happening to our democracy. But, but there's also the, the, the way. I mean, the tram tracks were laid on this. Way previously, mm. uh, the UK Prime Minister David Cameron, who will remain the one that I, I, I have the most antipathy mm. for, mm. Uh, he was the one that talked about swarms of migrants. He was the mm. one that framed the EU in those terms. He was the one that yeah. everything was a battle against Brussels. He flounced out at the very moment that the the other member states were trying to deal with the financial crisis. He was mm. trying to deal with the front page of the Daily Mail. Mm. It, really bad crack. And our guys at Westminster, you know, we, we've been accused in the SNP of. No, no second in the ref. You know, mm. You're not respecting the result of the 2014 referendum. We absolutely, totally did. Yeah. Our guys at Westminster put forward three, well, a number of amendments to the the EU EU referendum bill as it was going through. We were talking the language of federalism. Mm. We were talking the language of federalism in terms of uh, we wanted wanted to see uh, a majority across the whole of the UK. And within each of the four home nations, mm. so that's the language of federalism. Mm. That's double majority. That would have changed the result of the referendum. Yeah, exactly. We also wanted to see sixteen and seventeen-year-olds brought into the franchise. Mm. That would have changed the result of the referendum. We also, really, really, really crucially, wanted to include EU nationals resident in the UK yeah. in the franchise because yeah. our definition of Scottish, as we did during the independence referendum, exactly. is we don't give two hoots where you're from. It's if you're in our community, you've got a stake in our yeah. community's future. Exactly. Any three of those amendments, had they been accept, accepted, mm. would have changed where we are yeah. and would have been a more a more thoroughly democratic endorsement of the proposition. All of them were rejected by the Tories out of hand. Out of hand. And actually, the one the one on the uh, on the the majority in all four na- the one on the majority in all four nations was mm. also very important because David Lidington, who was Euro Minister at the time, this is when he confirmed to Parliament. That it was that, it, that, it was advisory, mm. that yes. there was no result. Mm. You know that all you got out of this was two numbers, and then what yeah. happened afterwards was entirely the decision of the yeah. government and parliament. Yeah, and that I mean that was that disappeared the morning of the referendum. The morning of the referendum now that that, that yeah. completely disappeared, and and will of the people. Yeah. The, over, the slimmest of slimmest of slimmest of mandates has been interpreted for the hardest of hardest of hardest of yeah. options, which they still don't bloody yeah. know what they want. No. <laughs> so I mean, what what I find really interesting is how. You're a nationalist party, uh, and this 
demonstrates that there is not any inconsistency between being a national party, a nationalist party, party that advocates the nation, um, and being federalist and being European. And this notion that identity is so rigid and narrow that seems to be the, 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 the position taken by all, you know, both major parties in England... Um, I, I had somebody on Twitter the other day saying that they never wanted this European identity foisted onto them. <laughs> I said, well, just don't have it. Just don't learn. <laughs> Check. <laughs> you know, just stay where you are and, 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 and you know, but, 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 you, you know, don't have to. You it's don't so easy for somebody to, to come back and say, well, yeah, oh, you know what, I don't want this British identity foisted on me, but what are you going to do? You're in Britain, you know. Um, mm. <laughs> until you guys win your referendum and go independent, you're part of the UK and you're British, and you may. As but a it's Scot- not about that. You can be Scottish. You can. Yeah, you, you may say, well, you know, that's not part of my identity. So it really, I mean, it, it's absurd to talk about identity being foisted upon anyone. But you know, by the same token, it's also absurd to and, and, and outrageous to say, well, you know what, I don't like that part of my identity, so therefore I'm insisting that you lose that part of your identity yourself. Okay. But this is where, I mean, I, 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 I'm not spinning it. I think Scotland is about 20, 30 years more advanced in thinking about this sort of stuff than yeah. a lot of other places uh, across the UK. Yeah. Uh, it, it is from the very, very, very bottom of my heart that anybody from anywhere who lives in Scotland yeah. is Scottish. Yeah. And, and I, I, I would be as expansionist as that. Uh, if you've got a stake in our community... I'm not more Scottish than you are, and I think it's dangerous to yeah. even talk in those terms because I think yeah. that does tend towards a sliding yeah. in, in, into, into, into a bad place. But that's why we consciously reject it, and that's yeah. we can be judged by yeah. our actions that in the independence referendum, if you were legal in Scotland, to the extent that we could broaden the franchise, we did. Yeah. And, and that's the sort of... I don't give two hoots about somebody's identity. I think identity is a deeply personal thing. Yeah. And our politics and our, our, our proposition is that a, a more intimate democracy of five and a bit million people operating within a proportional system, operating yeah. with list, list MSPs and constituency MSPs and a, a more collegiate way of working, which is still more collegiate and considerably more collegiate than Westminster, within a wider framework that does the weights and measures, nuts and bolts stuff, mm. in which we are also represented and also... Mm within a globalising world, able to find ways of cooperating with 500, mother, or 500 other million people. Mm. That's the best of both worlds. Yeah. Yeah. Where the UK is a very different sort of democracy, a very different sort of uh, union. And it, the, there was the debate 30-odd years ago within my party about existential nationalists mm. and utilitarian nationalists. I, mm. I am very much not an existential nationalist. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want Scotland to be independent right or wrong, richer or poorer, mm. I am convinced after an intellectual process. And I, I volunteered when I was a student at law school for the local Labour MP. Mm. I volunteered for the Dems for a while. I've never been tribal in my politics. And I came to the SNP actually after I did my, my internship in Brussels a million years mm. ago, where it was the way that Scotland was perceived. Mm. We are perceived in the wider world as a quasi-independent thing. Mm. And this, geez, when I was doing my internship, it was 1994 five. So mm. this was even pre-Hollywood, mm. so, but, but even at that point, mm. there was a distinct. Oh, really, thing even before, Scotland. even before Hollywood. Yeah. Oh, well, 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 that's that's where the identity is 
something that you need to have in order to build the political proposition, yeah. but the identity is then a, a deeply personal thing. So, so our, our, our proposition, and I, I stand by it, is that I think Scotland's best future will be as an independent state within the European Union. There's then some people within my own party and in my own independence movement would argue that that's not proper independence, you know, which is where actually the UK argument about sovereignty also has some echoes within Scotland and also has a lot of answers within Scotland. Mm. You know. mm. I want to see Scotland independent. I don't want to see us go back to the ninth century. You know, the world's now different. Sovereignty is yeah. most effective when it's pooled and shared, as we are seeing with the Republic of Ireland right now. Exactly, and it's not it's not loft when it's shared. Mm. It's not you know it's not a zero it's not a zero sum game sovereignty. Absolutely. But to me, this is this is all about finding answers to the problem that we have in our uh, in our democracy, which is a lack of engagement. And, lack. and this is about civic engagement. It's about identity. It's about um, civic responsibility. And how do you instill that? How do you encourage that in, w- w- um, among citizens? Um, and what you're describing uh, is, is... is so I, I, I did a lot of thinking about this, and I wrote, I wrote a piece about this on my blog, because um, it seems to me that actually um, Europe, exploring European identity, uh, but then identity within that, the, no, the notion of subsidiarity, this is the path both to creating an emotional case for Europe, but also to addressing some of the, 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 the issues that we have with progressive politics in, in, in an age where you've got populism on the rise. Mm. Giving people, getting people engaged in their local communities and yeah. getting, them, getting them to understand that politics is about Europe, but it's also about the local council and it's also about the schools and the libraries. And but then, then the UK seems to have a... a large part of the UK seem to have... I mean, England... Um, have a problem with this. I mean, there's a referendum in the northeast. Well, there's the apathy. There's, there's a referendum in the northeast for devolution. Yeah, and people and people voted against. We went. Why would more control closer to us? Or there was a, the, the mayor a, of a closer engagement with them. No, it'll cost too much. It's another layer we don't need. Yeah. You know? but, the, but this is and you know, get, so I'll get some insight to this. You know, I, I'm, I, I was a student at Leeds University, then I was at Nottingham Law School, then worked in London, right? and I consider myself an honorary Yorkshireman to this day. You know, up at Headingley. <laughs> Creatively better, you know. The, the, on a sunny day, there's few, fewer, fewer better ways to spend it. But at every opportunity in recent years, where England has been given an option of constitutional change, mm. you know, the AV referendum, the North East Regional Assembly, uh, we're seeing some movement with the city, city mayoral stuff. Yeah, stuff. Stuff that, yeah. But it's pretty small. It's pretty small, isn't it? And, it, it, and it's not the answer. Yeah. And, and if I thought that the UK. <coughs> had a sufficient appetite for the sort of reforms that I think, and I think would agree on a lot of them, that need to be done to mm. reboot the connection that has been lost between the citizen and those who would seek to govern, mm. then maybe it'd be in a different place. But yeah. it, at, at every opportunity where Scotland and Wales, and indeed Northern Ireland, have been given the opportunity to cement and endorse constitutional change, it's been taken. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's, that's a, a really very different approach. And, but that's not to say that there isn't, a huge discontent with politics and politicians within England. Yeah. And I think it. that was tapped into by the Leave it's campaign. A chicken and egg. That's it. Exactly, it's a chicken and egg thing because people see having another layer of government of having mm. more politicians. Yeah. And don't don't have more politicians. It'll just encourage them. Mm. You know. So what do we do? Whereas in fact, whereas in fact, the answer is likely to be you know when 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 politicians closer to, closer to you who are part of your community and have a closer closer link to it, uh, you're likely to be less satisfied with politics. But you have to take that you have to take that leap. You know. Yeah. The devolution discussion in England is really interesting because um, 
having spoken to some friends uh, who work in local government, uh, there has been a lot of a lot done on devolution in in England, um, and it's gone quite a long way. Uh, and, and we tend not to hear about it very much. But the kind of devolution that we're talking about, in fact, it's not really political devolution, no. is it? It's no. more outsourcing. It's outsourcing, yeah. It's, yeah. You know, it, for, for, for genuine, meaningful devolution, you need to move to a more sort of federalised structure where actually you're, you're also you devolving... to do different things differently. Money, you know, yeah. Revenue raising yeah. and policy responsibility. When it all ends up back in the, what do they call it, DCLG? I mean... Yeah. yeah. But it's also... And, and this was where vote leave take control was such a really powerful slogan. Mm. A lot of people, are, yeah, the vast majority of people, are not anti-immigrant. Are not actually EU, in my opinion. No. It was just a cipher for mm. a wider discontent. Mm. The, the feeling that I'm working hard, I'm looking to provide for my family, my my community. I want to see system. Mm. I want to see public services work. I want to pay my fair share. I want to get my services back. So why am I struggling all the bloody time? Mm. Why, why, yeah. why, is, why is things as tough as they are? Mm. And that discontent was tapped into, that feeling of lack of control, that feeling that there is decisions being made by people who are not properly accountable. And actually, that's exactly what you're talking about, the sort of devolution that has been outsourced in terms of this is an administrative efficiency, but it, mm. it actually takes the control away from even the people who would yeah. be pretending yeah. to be in control yeah. of it, you know, yeah. PFI of schools and that yeah. sort of oh, stuff. Yeah. So, so the discontent's real, and I've, I've, I've written a lot about this, you know, the, the, the real discontent that exists that Brexit and the Brexit, the, the, the deeply shonky leave campaigns, uh, plural, were able to tap into has been festering for a long time, has been submerged yeah. for a long time. Mm. The, the reason why I, in, in the latter stages of the campaign, thought that we were going to be all right in Scotland, you know, I, I was everywhere in Scotland, I have a decent handle on where that was, mm. I, I, I called it more or less right. The reason why I thought it was going to be lost in England was, remember when the, the voting registration uh, was suspended yeah. and it yeah. was, was ex, ex, mm. rather extended for a couple of days? Yeah. Mm. We saw this in the independence referendum in Scotland, People who had been checked out the system, you're all a shower, you're plaguing mm. all your houses, no interest, don't want yeah. to be part of it, mm. don't vote, it only encourages them. Mm. We saw people signing into the democratic process mm. in their tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands. You don't do that in order to endorse the status quo. No. Mm. So where various commentators were chirruping that this is a fantastic thing, it, it, mm. a lot of us within, particularly the SNP, were looking at this going... Alarm bells ringing. Yeah. Well, and, and, and it's counterintuitive because I, I welcome anybody's participation in the democratic process, but mm. you don't wake up from 30 years of non-engagement to endorse the status quo. Mm. Yeah. Mm. These were people who were voting for change. Mm. Change was presented as a... And, you know, if, if you're sitting in a first-past-the-post seat in England... Mm. where your vote effectively hasn't mattered you know, one way or another from yeah. 2013. And you've years. had nobody to vote for other than the incumbent anyway. There you go. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so this was the first... And, and again, that's my point about Scotland has proportional representation yeah. for all levels of elected government other yeah. than Westminster. It's Westminster that looks weird. Yeah, but that's the outlier <laughs> so, now. Yeah, 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 exactly. But, but exactly. that was yeah. the discontent that yeah. they were able to tap into. That was the, mm. the shake-up of the status quo that you know, people simultaneously didn't feel sufficiently invested in the EU stuff that there was anything worth losing yeah. 
and the chance to give the establishment a slap was irresistible. And this is huge, and this is the Sunderland idea, you know, yeah. things can't get any worse. Yeah. So what, and, what happens course, when they do? Well, that's the thing, what happens when... when what, what happens, happens when, when Brexit doesn't deliver any of these things that people thought they were voting for? Does it ratchet up the apathy another notch? Does it... What does it well, do? my, my worry is people just continue to, because of a confirmation bias, just continue to blame other things. Mm. You know, so even when... So Nissan's not going to announce you know, uh, the day after the end of the uh, transition period, they're not going to announce that they're closing. And they might not even announce that a new model's not going to be, not going to be produced there. It'll just be produced some, mm. it'll just be produced somewhere else or production will decline. And we yeah, one day, one day they might close, but by then it would be inevitable because it wasn't efficient and, you know, there were inherent problems mm. and they, or they'd, they were doing automatics when they should have done manuals. And they'll just always, they always seem to be a rational, a re uh, ex post rationalization for these things. And I remember a friend of mine saying that the week after the referendum, saying that the tragedy of the whole thing is that this is how the effect would be seen as it wouldn't be a big bang. If there was a big bang and people could wake up and it was, it was hell for two years and governments fell. Yeah. Everyone said we have to do something about this. This is the biggest crisis in in history. Uh, you know there could be there could be a way back after, mm. but uh, but yeah, the tragedy is it's just everybody's life will just be not quite as good as it would have been, you know. And things or, or will will be even worse. Well, in part. So I, mean, I, I I I'm still waiting for the tipping point. Perhaps in vain. Let's see. But I I, I think there is sufficient awareness out there that this isn't quite what I thought it was. Yeah, I mean, nobody think. Very few people think it's going well. I mean, exactly. So yeah, we've seen true. those sorts of numbers changing, it, it, and, and this has been significant in terms of where polls have gone. In, in Scotland, in, in the immediate days after, a people thought it was a, a mistake. B people thought it was going to go badly. Mm. In England, it was by and large the numbers were as the voted went, mm. and people thought, well, we'll see how it goes. You know, there was mm. there was much more of a let's it, it'll be all right, we'll wing it. We've now seen that. The UK numbers are pretty much the same as the Scottish numbers. That this is not going well. Mm. This is not going to go well. So I think that sort of climate is ripe for a tipping point. Be that a major company decides it's shutting down, uh, we're seeing bad, big ticket bad news items yeah. coming through that cannot that be denied. Down. The, the, the Airbus contract being being moved because of Galileo out of the UK. Now this is one of the UK's clearly identified strengths. And the UK is le- losing that sort of contract. But even on that, you know, that people say, but this is punishment for the, this isn't Brexit. This is punishment from the EU. Mm. This is this is because the EU hate us. This is because the EU hate Brexit. Well, th- th- this is where I'm I'm concerned about not just the short term need to turn this round, make mm. sense of this. You know, it's the long term sustainability of it, and the danger that we could be right back here in five years' time. You know, Look at where you know, the Leave campaign, call it that, is is is, is a very amorphous thing, and you, you, there's no ideological consistency. There's no, there's nothing to hit, which is precisely the problem during the campaign. But on the one hand, if Brexit is delivered and it's a disaster, it's our Brexit would have been great. Yeah. But you useless swines yeah. negotiated a yeah. bad one, and those bastards in Brussels are punishing yeah. us because we're taking back our freedom. So it's ourselves alone. What that does for intercommunal relations within England, the UK, for the millions of people who are resident still for the moment in the UK, and indeed for the Brits abroad, is really negative. Equally, if there's a suspicion, a perception that Brexit was somehow stolen by however mechanism, a vote in Parliament, a second referendum or whatever, 
by a combination of those those Ramoners in the House of Lords and those jocks and paddies and that sort of stuff, then again, it's our Brexit would yeah. have been great. Yeah. Because their fantasy Brexit... Our unicorn did exist. And yeah. Our unicorn did exist, yeah. and you just didn't yeah. get to see it. And, and like that, communism we've never done properly. Precisely. And, and, <laughs> and there's a real danger mm-hmm. that, that they'll just morph into something else, mm-hmm. and it'll look more like Britain first than UKIP. Yeah. And the UK... And, 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 but I say this in the UK's favour. The UK is unusual in that there isn't a far-right block within UK politics. Uh, you see that as a, a, a regular mm. bit of the spectrum in a lot of other mm, European yeah. countries. And I, I fear that it, if the comment, there's a, there's a continuum to this stuff, you know, anti-EU, anti-immigration, anti-Islam, anti-LGBT stuff, mm. you know, the, 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 there, there is a continuum with this sort of thing that could, could take the UK on a really bad slide. Mm. And that's where we all need to be really careful about the way we discuss how the vote went, I am very clear that I'm talking about the Leave campaign that was dishonest. Yeah, the people yeah. who voted mm. for it, mm. the anger is real and the anger was justified, mm. but they were misled by precisely the people who'd made the decisions that have, over a period of time, made things tough, that the answer was somebody else. One thing I never understand about because I agree entirely that, that, I mean, I think there was a lot of focus early on, there was a lot of anger from Remainers towards, towards Leave, leave mm. voters, you know, mm. Um, from I mean I was as guilty of it as anyone else, and then you come around to realise you know that they, this that they were uh, delib- really deliberately conned by wealthy smart mm. people for their own ends. What I don't get is the resistance, the psychological resistance to saying this is ridiculous. You lied to me. I'm not having it. Mm. Um, that, they, that people continue to, to to maintain the confirmation bias. You know when you watch Watchdog on TV and there's some suave con man. In a camel skin coat, conning uh, conning little old ladies. I mean, I can't believe that many people really say, "Oh, that stupid old cow, she should have known better." I think most people are pretty decent. And go, that's outrageous. That's mm. of conning that that, mm. that, that that poor little old lady. And yet, there's no. There doesn't seem yet to have been that. I mean, I think that the polls show that there's been a, a maybe a movement roughly equivalent to the the the, the referendum result being being reversed, so it's very small. But apparently also we need, to, to stop it, apparently we need a much bigger majority than we did to start mm-hmm. it as well. There's, a, there's, a, there's mm-hmm. an asymmetry there, which I don't get either. Yeah. But I don't get, yeah, I don't get why. And some people are, some people are, are, are angry about it, mm-hmm. you know, but, but generally people say, no, of course I wasn't conned. No, I knew exactly what I was voting for. Or they say, yeah, but they were all lying to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. false equivalents each other, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is itself a tactic. I mean, we've seen this within US politics that if you make Twitter, Facebook, what an online discourse as unpleasant as possible, and you should mm. see some of the abuse I get, you know, remarkable stuff, uh, if you just make it as ugly, as scary, as unpleasant as possible, most people will just walk away in, in weary acquiescence. Yeah. Mm. And there yeah. is an industrial-scale spin operation going on within the UK uh, by and large, based upon the output of non-DOM-owned and non-tax-incorporated <laughs> <laughs> newspapers mm. uh, telling us that foreigners are, are, are the problem, uh, there was the remarkable... Don't, don't you say that, I think it was the Daily Express editor, and I, I may have that wrong for the benefit of the tape, but given evidence to the House of Commons saying that we might have contributed to an, to an impression that it, it is, is <laughs> Islamophobic. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I think it was, know, yeah. And, and, and just the... Well, say sorry then. Yeah. I, 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 and stop what, doing it. Own what you yeah. did. Yeah. 
but but there is an industrial scale spin operation to say this is going fine, and I, I've, I've characterised it a number of times. That, you know, when you jump out a plane, you know, it's, it's not the fall that kills you; it's the landing. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we've, we've jumped out the plane, and we've got the option of a parachute. We've got the option of other option of other things that we could do. But Brexit hasn't happened yet, so there is still ample time for us to change course, to do something differently. Now, I'm agnostic on what we do to fix that. that, that that's another issue. But none of this is inevitable. But why I think we've seen so little movement in terms of I was conned, I got that wrong, was because people don't really view the consequences as real yet, because a lot yeah. of the consequences aren't real yet. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But they've, and there's been this backlash against predict, you know that all predictions are equally wrong. You know, economists, <laughs> economists didn't pick the financial crisis, and therefore yeah. economics is dead as a predictor. Yeah. So, Alan, t- tell us where you think it's heading um, with Scotland. Um, let's give England up as lost for, for a minute, and <laughs> we can come back to that. <laughs> well, but t- tell us a little bit about tell us about the process. Tell us about the process as it as it as it's currently unfolding. Uh, so we've had an interesting week week in Scottish politics where yep. um, there's been discussion of the um, legislative consent motion. Yes, yep. <laughs> thank you for rescuing me, there, Steve. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm interested in your views on where it's going, what leverage um, Scotland has to influence this process, and where Scotland comes out of it at the end of it. Uh, ah, well, you, you say it's an interesting week in Scottish politics. They're all interesting weeks at the moment, I'm afraid. I, 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 I'd, I'd be quite happy with a not interesting week. Yeah. I'd, I'd, boring week. That, that would be cracking. I mean, step one, we, we have a mandate from the people of Scotland to remain. Mm-hmm. That clearly expressed democratically. That's our starting point. The best option is EU membership. That's what we voted for. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that's our starting point. We also recognise the reality of where we are within the UK state. There was a referendum that we were quite closely involved in in 2014. Mm. We acknowledge, we accept that result. Uh, a lot of people who voted to remain with the UK and Scotland in 2014 did so specifically on the European question. Yeah. It was a major, major part of the Indeed. campaign. It was uh, erroneously, to my mind, put forward that if you vote to ex- exit the UK, you'll exit the EU. Yeah. I, th- I think it's demonstrably... Yeah. There, that well, there would have been other other things happen, but so well, much yeah. is now, and now look. And so much is now in the past. Mm. But the, the the UK that a lot, a lot of people voted for is not, to my mind, the UK that they're now seeing. No, indeed. So there's mm. a real unanimity. No, that's the wrong word. There's a real uh, plurality uh, cross party that this is not what we wanted. This is not what we were after. Mm. And the implications of the withdrawal bill uh, going through Westminster, it. It, I, I don't use terms like an assault on our powers lightly, it, mm. because it really is. Mm. And it, I don't think it's all coming from a bad place. Uh, it, it, let, me, let me, for a moment, pretend that I'm Liam Fox, which is a, a, a tricky, oh, tricky one. To, to, yeah, awful. Actually, where is my fee while, while, while I'm on it? Here's your brown envelope. <laughs> Thank you, that's uh, marvellous. That would make you Adam Wherity. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> That's even worse than Liam Fox. <laughs> oh. There we go. <laughs> Sucks to be you. But, but, oh. but if I was trying to negotiate the UK accession to the WTO and the demerger of the WTO schedules of the UK from the EU, the very last thing I want if I'm speaking to New Zealand about how to do over UK agriculture is to have four different agricultural support regimes within the UK because there's just another whole set of stuff that can't quite be dealt with. 
So, so, so I see, I, I see, we see the logic, we see the point. We, we do understand that there needs to be a UK framework for some of this stuff, much as it's through gritted teeth. But we, we accept the logic, and, and we've, we've engaged with that discussion as, as a way of, well, we'll let, let, let's try and find the solutions here. Then there's the macro stuff in terms of what is our interaction with the wider EU. Then there's the macro stuff about what's our interaction with the wider WTOs, and. The, if you if, if you don't like Brussels, wait till you meet Geneva. God, you know, yeah. you've got a whole different <laughs> set, of, set of stuff. But what the withdrawal bill does, almost as a by the by, is to massively curtail the powers of the Holyrood Parliament mm. without the consent of the Scottish Parliament. Mm. Now, it, 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 there's it's the consent, is it? Well, it's, it's the consent, but it's also the principle that the, the 1970s model of devolution, which was unsuccessful, I think unsuccessful for a lot of reasons. But it was, here's a list of powers which you'll be able to exercise. The, the 1997 Donald Dewar-Tony Blair, Scotland Act, uh, subsequently through, was if it's not specifically reserved to Westminster, it's a competence of Holyrood. Exactly, mm. yeah. Which, which actually was a much clearer way of doing mm. it. it. It's anything that's clearly domestic, clearly yours. Subsidiarity. Well, there you Precisely, go. It, it, it fits into... So there's an, an assumption that Scottish mm. Parliament has mm. power to do something. Yeah. Unless. unless. otherwise mm. less yeah. Yeah. Mm. And what the Withdrawal Bill does is to tip that on its head mm. in different ways, giving considerable, massive power to junior UK ministers to say that's now not a competence. Yeah. And the fundamental principle parallel to that is of consent, as you rightly say, that this can be done once the withdrawal bill is accepted, if it is accepted, uh, without the consent of the Holyrood Parliament. Mm. So we were working, still are working, hand in glove with the Welsh Assembly of the Senate mm. uh, to, to, to work on these issues. Now, of course, devolution in Wales is a very different thing to in Scotland. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. fewer powers. There's, I, I, I think, in part, less of an appetite to defend them. Uh, more of a sense that, 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 there's, that there's other ways to do it. So, so, so the Welsh are, are more content with the situation than we are. But this vote in Holyrood, it was 93 votes to 13. Mm. So it's not just an SNP Green vote. It was the Liberals, mm. it was the Labour Party. We are defending devolution. Uh, we are defending the powers of the Holyrood Parliament. Now, that, that, as I say, we accept the need for UK frameworks. We accept the need for a UK uh, regime on some stuff. But that needs to be agreed item by item yeah. on its merits, not on block forevermore. Yeah. And there's various talk about, oh, it's only a time-limited thing. And it's a, Seven, yeah. yes, it's, a, just, it's, it's only almost a decade time-limited, yeah. and, 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 and we can extend it and amend, uh, and amend it without consent as well. So, yeah. so if we solve that pass, yep. we think this would be a, a massively detrimental step for our national parliament. We're not... And, and, and again, it's how we're seen. We're not an organ of the UK government. We're a national parliament. Well, we're exactly back. We're, we, we, we hit this again and again in our yeah, conversations. We up. always get back to the same thing. It's about the absence of a proper written constitution so that everybody knows where they stand in the UK. Mm. And it's Westminster exceptionalism. Yeah. It's this just sort of blithe... Well, oh, yeah, but ultimately, of course, of course we're, we're in charge. Yeah, we're yeah, in charge. Yeah, so yeah, if yeah. we want to grab powers back, well, you can because we're in charge. Mm. Yeah, because um, even though even though the Scotland Acts are, are constitutional cons- have been designated well, constitutional documents. Yes, but um, but 
It's only it's essentially only by convention. It's only yeah. by the fuel convention. Yeah. Be, the, 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 so it's like we were saying earlier about it. devolution, mm. uh, and you're not really devolving yeah. genuinely because. It's residual, residual power that can be removed again. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But, but it's a federal system, that's impossible. Absolutely, but, but it's also setting one <clears throat> referendum against another. I mean, this yeah. is all being done under the pretext of Brexit, mm. which Scotland didn't vote for, in order to undermine a devolution settlement that we really did. Yeah, yeah. Did. and with a, with a significant... I will promise more of it. And, and, and this, is, this is also the slippery slope that we're on. We're in, we're, we're, we, we, we have this one referendum with all its flaws that we've discussed ad nauseam somehow trumps all the other referenda that you've had in Northern Ireland, in Ireland the whole of Ireland for the Good Friday Agreement that you've had in Scotland, that you had in the whole of the UK in 1975 you know, all of these referenda which came out with much more, much clearer verdicts and were were, were conducted in a much more uh, competent uh, manner Mm. all of them in the bin because this one Trump's, yeah, Trump's everything. This is because this is the one true will of the people. Yeah. Yeah. By plus or minus two percent, the will of some of the people. Yeah, more important than the will of some of the other people. Yeah. And, and 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 this is where they're on such shaky ground. And particularly in Northern Ireland, too. I'm from Glasgow originally. Spent back and forth to Belfast over the years umpteen times. I was last there two, three, four weeks ago. Uh, they, they really don't know what they're dealing with yeah. in terms of the public anger. About I don't this. care. That's the thing is they don't really. It's clearer and clearer. Yeah. Yeah. And, but, but for people who would who would call themselves unionists, <sighs> you know, it, it, it's and it's always really telling. Ed Miliband, when he was Labour leader, talked about coming up to Scotland, and and, and that's a I mm. think really psychologically mm. revealing phrase. It's I'm now somewhere else than my terms of reference. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. When they're talking about Northern Ireland, even more so, it, it, it really is just a faraway country of which we know nothing. Yeah. And the implications <laughs> that we are going to inflict upon that faraway country of which we know nothing are massive. But, but, also, on, but also, on, also on Ireland. I mean, not just on Northern Ireland, also on, on, on Ireland. Uh, on Ireland itself. And, I mean, there's this total uncaring mm. thing. And mm. uh, this idea that... Uh, you know that Ireland should Ireland should really still be should be aiding and abetting the UK in this really, and it's being rather disloyal. Yeah, yeah well, it would be. It, you know, fought for fought for independence. We yeah, see this with the US as well. You know that. Uh, you well, know, the plantations <laughs> will be coming back anytime yeah. soon. Any, 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 any minute now. Yeah. Cracking. Yeah. Make, make America Great Britain again. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, can it be stopped though? I believe it can. I, 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 I believe what has, what has been done can be undone. Uh, the, the way that Article 50 was triggered was Theresa May writing a letter. It, it, in legal terms, it's pretty straightforward. Uh, I've, I, I'm one of the litigants on a, a, a court case going to the court of session mm. in, in Edinburgh uh, with a view to getting a referral to the European Court of Justice about the, the terms of the revocability of Article 50. I'm conscious it gets into really jargony, jargony stuff. But I believe it, 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 it's self-evident that Article 50 is capable of unilateral revocation. It's up to the member state to trigger Article 50. It's up to the member state to pull it back. As that process goes on, I think there then starts to be other considerations about the duty of sincere cooperation. And yeah. if there wasn't a, a penalty to untriggering Article 50, then everybody would be triggering over all sorts of nonsense. You, know, you, you could think yep. of any number of issues where you could see sabre-rattling happening. Which is why we need a court ruling, and the only court that can actually rule on it definitively is the Court of Justice. So there's a number of uh, Scottish politicians 
uh, and a couple of others have, have since joined, uh, are looking to get a referral to the, the European Court of Justice yeah. in Luxembourg for a proper ruling, which would give us the roadmap, because it can be turned round. Now, it can be turned round in accordance with the UK's constitutional norms, and we're seeing all sorts of constitutional norms at the moment. What the so, hell is a constitutional norm? There we go. Who, who, <laughs> who knows how it might be done? But a vote in the House of Commons, the idea of a referendum, the idea of a referendum on the terms of the deal. Now, I'm agnostic on all of that. But I think it's really important that people are aware that this can be turned around. And mm-hmm. when you're dealing with politicians, particularly <coughs> politicians as craven as the ones we're seeing in Westminster yeah. at the moment, shy wins get no sweeties. So email your MP. Indeed, support the members of the House of Lords vocally when you see them doing stuff you like or, or otherwise. Uh, there is still a very, very live discussion which is very, very capable of movement. And do, do MPs really take notice of, of, of being tweeted and, and written to and people turning up to surgeries? And Twitter less so these days, I have to say. Twitter has been flooded with all sorts of nastiness. Mm. And, and I think some of it's been orchestrated by people with pretty pretty un- unpleasant motives. Some of it just doesn't ring true to me in, yep. in terms of where it might be coming from. But I, 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 I tell you, it, it, shy wins get no sweeties when you're dealing with politicians. If, you're, if you individually write a, an email about and, and there's various standard texts are around, don't cut and paste standard texts, but if you've got a particular point, MPs and, and indeed the rest of us, we have a duty to account for how we vote yeah. on your behalf, and, and especially now. Use it. I think that that's the title for this episode. Shy Wayne's getting no sweeties. This one is one of my favourites. No, but you're absolutely right. This is what I've been telling people, and and um, I mean, even my you know my my close personal family, uh, you know, we've had these discussions, and and you know they know that I'm a bit obsessive about this whole thing, and they're like, you know. Really, you need to you need to back off a bit, and I'm like, well, no, you know, no, it's the no, we've got we, we can do this, but we, people, we're not you know? going to do it unless we actually do yeah. this get is, out there and start writing. Well, this is a this very is English thing. Mm-hmm. To, to mm-hmm. Not to back mm-hmm. off. Exactly. This is a very English thing, you know. We've got ah, oh, well, I mean, what can you? It is mm-hmm. dread. Mm-hmm. It is appalling. It's absolutely dreadful. Mm-hmm. Well, what can you do? Mm-hmm. We'll just have to put up with it, you know. Mm-hmm. And this isn't the this isn't the case. I mean, mm-hmm. under normal circumstances, that might even be true, you know. But about other things, but but it's not in this because we're not in normal times and we're not this under is, normal. This is not a moment under normal yeah. Yeah. Which again is where the polls, such as they are, actually underline this point. In any referendum, and you know, I'm an SNP politician, we know we know a bit about them. Uh, in any referendum, anywhere on on pretty much any subject, after the result, there's a coalescence behind the result, be it positive or negative or whatever else. You know, there's usually a you know, people want to identify with the winning side. People accept democracy. People are happy with the result. People who weren't happy with the result, like, oh, if that's what we're doing, that's what we're doing. That hasn't happened on this one. No, the reverse no, of that no, has happened no, on this exactly. one. Yeah. So where we would have expected the polls to be much more getting behind Brexit, yeah. that isn't happening. And, and that in itself tells me that there's, there's still an awful lot of stuff to play for in this. Yeah, and, and as I say, I'm, I'm agnostic about the mechanism. And bear in mind as well, the debate in Scotland is different. We voted significantly across every county and region to remain. Mm. That remains the case. Mm. It's now it's, it's now even stronger. Mm. So so when I'm talking to constituents back home, there, there, there were leave voters in Scotland. Of course there was. But mm. in, in my sense of, of all of that is that <coughs> people voted leave in Scotland on the basis of specific promises about the fishing grounds, about mm. I, I want democracy to be as close to me as possible. Mm. Some people just don't like the EU. That That's, that's out there too. Mm. 
but but there wasn't a, the visceral nature to it that we see in parts yeah. of the English debate, where there, there was a real discontent that was agitated, mm. and, and, and the vote was a lightning rod to all of that. Do you think the single thing that can that can that can bring us to this tip, this tipping point? I mean, we're we're basically talking about England and England and Wales really here, because Northern Ireland and Scotland are overwhelmingly against leaving still. Um, I mean, do you, th- do you think it'll be a sing- single thing? Do you think there's, there's, there's more to come? There's more to come on funding and lives and... Well, usually tipping points are identified retrospectively. Yeah. I, I, I think, you know, do you want another Scots phrase, money a mickle, maks a muckle? It'll be many a little <laughs> thing makes a big thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my boyfriend loves that one as well. He's money a mickle, maks a muckle. Many a big thing makes a little thing. Yeah. And, and my father and all love that too. He's class vision. Uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> But, but, but as people see this drill down into their lives, into their communities, yeah. into their local NHS, into you know, people in their communities leaving, because it, it's always, oh, I didn't mean you. Yeah. I, I, I didn't yeah. mean that nice Polish lady who looks after my granny. Exactly. Yeah. That, that sort of stuff. And they are the people who are leaving. I mean, it's very specifically yep. those, those people who are, who are going. Because we have had an oh, odious debate in much of the UK's media about this sort of stuff. And, it, it, and, and, and I'm, I'm worried about the consequences. But as people see that, A, in, in, in a negative sense, this wasn't what I was promised. Yeah. B, they also start to see the tactics and conduct of the people who were most active in, in agitating for it. And there's no question that the Leave campaigns were shonky. Mm. There, there's no campaign that there was the lawyer in me leaps to the fore, let's say, dubious interpretations of campaign finance laws yeah. and, and, and mm. that sort of stuff. And that's all going to be ventilated over the next few months. I, th- I think there's still scope for there is reversals. Yeah, plenty of water still to flow under this bridge. Absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and I have to say, you're here in the European Parliament, there has been a real fellow feeling amongst a, a lot of the MEPs. That's what I was going to ask what you see, the, how, how, how others see it. Well, yeah. the, the Scots MEPs always had a good good uh, tradition of working together, you know, play, putting the politics to one side, playing for the GRC. We're now seeing that across a lot of the other MEPs as well, where we're sharing information, where uh, we're working together, we're, we're putting aside the narcissism of small differences, because you know, from, from my own perspective, my own team's perspective, if it's not about fighting Brexit, why am I doing it? Yeah. 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 And we're seeing a lot of effort going Crisis. into that. And there's, within each of our parties... We're the source of expertise on EU stuff, so there's 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 a lot of discussions going on. I, I, I think there's huge scope for movement on this because Brexit is built on sand, yeah, and yeah, they know yeah. it, and, it and that's it really why they're is. being as shrill as they are. Exactly. That's why they're black and white. They just white want to get past the finishing line next yeah, year, absolutely. and, and absolutely. It, all that all the while that sand base is eroding, yep. and our task is to take a hose to it and get rid of it as mm. quickly as possible, so that this whole thing comes tumbling down before it's too late, and it will be too late soon. But we not yet. It's yeah. not yeah. Absolutely. But it was never gonna but it was never gonna happen early in the process either. This is the thing, you know, at a certain point it will be at a certain point it will be too late. Um, although that could be, I mean, too late could, might be the last week. You know? Yeah, exactly. We don't but know it when could, that it could, moment be, it could is, be very late. We, and it's all going to be happening. But it was never going to be early, you know. I mean, I, I've been surprised by people who I've been surprised by people who've sort of given up in the spring. And said, "Oh, the best we can do hope for is is, oh, a, yeah. is a less damaging deal." Yeah, because the. It was never going. The tipping point was never going to be crossed by by last by last mm-hmm. Christmas, you know, yeah. because the stuff hasn't come to light. Because, as you say, the stuff isn't mm-hmm. the stuff isn't real. Um, 
Yeah. And the, it's, but it's becoming realer <laughs> and, and clearer. The, the, the baddies want you to walk away. The baddies yeah. want you to stop watching the news. And the amount of actual friends of mine who are saying, I don't watch the news anymore because it's just so depressing. So, mm. yeah, sorry, guys. It, yeah. You have it, to. It, it, <laughs> you don't have in order to stop it being even more depressing than it is right now, you need to stick in. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, that's right. You have to engage. Uh, now, uh, Chris has had to dash off because he was uh, doing this in his, uh, in his lunch hour, um, but I'm still here with, with Alan Smith, MEP, um, and we, we're going to, for the uh, very first time, an un- unprecedented move by Cakewatch, we're going to have <laughs> a guest lie of the week. Well, now is the time for constitutional innovation, so it, you know, it, it's a, it, innovative solutions will find our way out of this. Yeah, it, possibly an easier one than most. I don't believe you. Liar. I, 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 I think, in terms of the lie of the week, where do you, a, where do you start? Uh, oh, there's, yeah. there's, there's so many kicking about. But the one that lately has leapt out for me more than anything else, perhaps not so much as a lie, but more as an exercise in self-delusion, was Jacob Rees-Mogg, yeah, I, 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 who I've never a regular, met. Who makes regular appearances in Lie of the Week segments. Uh, yes, yeah, so, he's a one. It uh, is <laughs> deeply offhand. It, 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 his admission that he's not visited the Irish border lately. One wonders when lately was, oh, yeah. it, 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 whether he actually ever has at all. Uh, and, it's, and it's the, but I don't. It, I, won't, I won't. I won't even try the accent. But it was. Uh, I, I don't see that going to the border would teach me anything that I can't learn from studying it. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, tell tell that to teenage boys up and down the country when they're thinking about lasties. It, it, it's it's just ludicrous. You know, I, I, I went down to visit the border, uh, the Irish border, all all sides of it. Uh, barely a few weeks ago, and every time you're there, you pick up something else. And yeah. I, I, I visited with a few of the uh, MLAs uh, at, at a sweetie factory, genuinely, and they make sweets. And much of the workforce was from other EU states. The sugar came via Poland. The plastic oh, really? bags came from Greece. They're selling into the Eurozone and the sterling market. And the border's literally you know, a couple of hundred metres that way. Yeah. And then suddenly they're talking about all sorts of really crunchy stuff for their business. You're not not ideological from an ideological sense. I mean, yeah. Business people want to keep being business people and making money, and they're saying, "Well, and nobody can tell us the answers to this." And 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 indeed, Jacob Rees-Mogg is one of the people who's saying this isn't going to be a problem yet. Won't actually tell them how it's not going to be a problem. No, no, indeed. And there's an attached lie to this actually, uh, uh, which is uh, borders two point zero. This is a co- whenever, whenever, it's, whenever uh, I notice on on Twitter, whenever, whenever somebody says, whenever somebody right wing says that it's going to be fine with the border, and they'll find a solution, somebody will bring up the European Parliament or already has a solution because it, the European Parliament did a paper on 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 invisible frictionless borders called Borders Two Point Zero. Oh, that uh, Potemkin sham piece yeah. that's been. Well, massively misquoted. Well, it's been my, well. It's a very, very good piece on how you could make borders uh, quicker. But uh, all of the solutions require infrastructure, uh, and and the author himself has said. Firstly, it wasn't a European Parliament paper; it was a, it was a paper delivered to the European Parliament. Uh-huh. Um, 
but all, and it's characterised as ah, the European Parliament know that there's a solution and they're weaponising, you know, weaponising this. Um, and uh, yeah, and the the author, I mean, he's on tw- he's on Twitter. You can ask him and say, did you say? I think people do. You know, what I'm saying, did you say? Did you did you believe there can be uh, this is a solution? He says, no, this is a way to make it as frictionless as possible when you have to put a border in. Oh. Um, oh. But it's not. An in, but it's not an invisible. Bo- but it's not an invisible border. I mean, this is. But it's constantly mm. like the coffee, co- like the tariff on coffee, like the tariff on bananas. It's we, constantly. Yeah, but the, but this is this is what the Leave campaign did and continues to do. They take a, a little bit of science and then put it massively out of context because this stuff is complicated. You know, yeah, geez, yeah. So I have learned so much more about trade. You know, I'm not on the trade committee. I'm on Christ the foreign affairs committee. Yeah. Uh, than I than I ever knew, and I've done that quietly off Twitter by actually going and reading some stuff, <laughs> and and it's brain bending stuff, and, and and people are should can be absolutely forgiven for taking some stuff on trust. Of course, it's very complicated. It is very and it's boring as well. So, well, no, depends on your definition of boring. No, yeah, we're we're interested in it, but we're, we recognise that the, the lots of people aren't. You uh, know? But. But that's my point about people would be forgiven for taking stuff on trust from traditional authority figures. But I, I, I have to say to a lot of people that that trust is being comprehensively abused yeah. by a campaign that is continuing to seek to mislead you. And I was just—I was thinking yesterday what what goes because it was it was Dan Hanan had had repeated the the the, the lie that there was huge huge tariffs on on bananas coming from uh, <laughs> coming from uh, the poorest countries. And uh, our good friend Jim Cornelius, who's a very good friend of the the, the podcast, right. essentially now follows Dan Hannan around, and whenever he posts anything about this stuff, uh, puts chapter and verse about uh, explaining why the, why this isn't true, and like the uh, elephant keeper with a shuffle. Exactly, yeah, yeah, very, 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 very much. So I don't know how he has the patience or the or the energy to do I'm, it because I'm, I'm he believes it has to be shut down every time, him, you know. And I think it's I think it is really good, but I wonder what goes through. And there was a, a Penny Mordant on. Uh, Turkey. I was reading a paper the other day that thinks that the the movement that Turkey made to the polls, um, that the the use of Turkey joining the that Turkey was about to join the EU and that seventy million Turks were about to come to the UK, mm. that if you look at the impact that had on the polls, it was possible. It was very possibly enough to enough to swing it. You know, so you think about Dan Hanan, who who must know this isn't true, mm. and Penny Morden, who must know this isn't you know who knew that wasn't true at the time. I mean, unless she'd taken it on trust from others. You wonder how the psychology works of that, you know? I mean, I, I can still remember telling another kid a lie when I was about seven. Really? And you say, oh, God, I, you know, I can't believe I, I can't believe I did, you know, a real, knowing, knowing that I was lying. Yeah. I can't believe it. But, but how can is, that psychology work? How can you... I know, this is where we've seen a cottage industry and, and of the MEPs. I, I've been here 15-odd years now, and I've, I've seen the Conservative... At, at, at three iterations now, at each selection opportunity, the the people that you could do business with, the people that uh, you know, Scott Story MEPs who I, I, I still count as good colleagues, mm. uh, being stripped out in favour of people who were more interested in caricaturing the EU, and and and, and again, this this is where politics can work. You know, in, in order to be elected by the people, you need to be selected by your home team. Yeah. 
And the Tory home team is virulently anti the caricature of the EU that they think actually exists because their various people over a series of years have been pandering to them in that delusion. Of course, yeah. yeah. yeah the, and, and it started with Boris Johnson and it was all quite jokey and you know, it, oh, the EU's going to decimalise time and the, <laughs> the, the, the EU's yeah. going to ban Christmas. It's and, all very funny. But, but then it shifted in, a, in the last five, six years or so into be much shriller, much more anti-immigration, much more anti-EU... Uh, in and of itself, rather than here's this wacky thing. You know, if you want, if you want to characterise your local council council as a wacky bunch of people, you can find ways to do that. Yeah. The, the BBC, with what is it, SW1A or whatever they call it, the the self parody of the BBC executives. Yeah. Right? yeah. But and, and and to an extent, I've played that game too, and I know. If I put out, a, oh, here was a useful decision that some of the politicians cooperated and we won some points and we lost some points, and this will make your life better in an incremental way that you might not realise mm. for a few years. I'm not getting in any newspaper anywhere. If I go to the press with that, and here's a shocking, shocking tale yeah, of daring do and corruption and incompetence, front page stuff. Well, that's Spain. I mean, we all, we all, accept, we all expect the politicians will participate in politics and they'll do political things. And that's part of it. And since the the sort of spin machine was was blown open by a series of diaries and and, and so on, you know, mm. after after that after Thatcher, and we we know that you know people know that during the New Labour years, you know, they would take everything to focus groups and every message was tested and tested, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So people kind of know how the spin works. People know that, of course, people exaggerate the importance of things, or people, you know, people exaggerate. As you say, the, uh, the 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 drama of it to make it more interesting and so on. But I think people I think people expect that. And I think people are pretty savvy at, at recognizing that when they see it. What it's the, what I don't get is the psycho the psychology of, of of going into a television studio and saying looking right down the camera and saying something you know to be untrue with a straight face and and. I find I find that psychology very difficult to, to understand. But, but this you know? is where I'm very roundabout trying to make the point that some politicians just want the profile, and here's the way to get the profile. It's purely functional for, for the wider for the wider good. In that, I get the profile, therefore I can do stuff. Therefore, it, it, it's the real politic. But what a number of us have realised a wee bit too late was that there actually was a concerted, deliberate attempt to trash democracy within this institution and to, to knowingly misrepresent, to knowingly yeah. mislead, to knowingly give people information. About this. And what have they done now? You know, the, 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 the oft-repeated but entirely untrue lie that the EU's accounts aren't signed off yeah. Yeah. keeps coming back again and again and again and again because if you repeat the lie often enough and, and I, on, on my website I've got a comprehensive two page here's how that is a lie they are trying to tell you yeah. stories so there was too many people and perhaps some of the people you've mentioned earlier were, were in this category just too willing to suspend their critical faculties and sing along with a band rather than say yeah. hang on that's you know, if it sounds strength that, in the herd it's okay it's, it's exactly, not just me doing it, it, it yeah. exactly that if yeah. it sounds that daft might it not actually be untrue because my worry has been that once once you cross that Rubicon once it's okay because it, you know in general I, we, we've had some you know dark times in politics under Thatcher and you know uh, but in general you know in general there's a working assumption that people aren't aren't actually mm. knowing, knowingly lying that they're putting you know they're putting spins on it yep. um, but once across the Rubicon once it works 
then there's no reason to stop, is there? And in fact, you can't stop. I mean, someone, Dan, Dan, Dan Hanan can't come and say, oh, yeah, it's all bollocks about the bananas. How does he do it? How does he climb down from it? So, so the, it, well, it feels like we've been just back denies he ever said it, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought that was... <laughs> that wasn't me. That was somebody that just looked like me. I, 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 and, and this is where... But we didn't expect that. It's like the, it's like the bully... It strikes me it's like the bully in the schoolyard. The, the toughest kid at school wasn't actually the biggest or strongest kid. It was, he was the one who was willing to punch people right in the face and stick fingers right in people's <laughs> eyes and kick them when they're on the floor because most people weren't willing to do that stuff, you know? And you think, and I, I feel it's about them that they're 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 just willing to go way further than anybody, than anybody would because it's dropping to their it's dropping to their level. Aye, because they only have one thing to do, and that's to yes. to undermine this. Where all the rest of us, from our different political perspectives, are working away. One of the biggest dossiers I did in my first couple of years was electronic identification of sheep. Yeah, a huge yeah. issue for Scotland's farmers, a piece of legislation that we needed, really needed to get fixed. If you're busy spending your day doing that, you don't have much thinking time to trash the institution and to misrepresent the institution that you're in. And to run around looking for opportunities to do it. And well, to, yeah, absolutely. They, yeah. Yeah. They, they must have the best time because they've got nothing, other to, nothing else to do that they actually care about or are, are invested in. Yeah. So, so, so they've got the time to do it. A, a, a lie is halfway around the world before the truth has laced its boots, remains as true as it ever ah, was. Really? And that's what they're doing. Well, you read the books about the, camp- you read the, books about the campaign, there was this deliberate thing that you put the lie out at four o'clock in the morning hmm. so that it caught, the, it caught the morning bulletins and the Today programme and so on. With nobody, to, with nobody to oppose it because it was the fact that they'd said it was news. Yep. Um, and then it would be discussed at 11 and there'd be people opposing it at lunchtime, but it would still be being talked about. And then the afternoon, they'd just quietly retract it. Absolutely. And, and the, the, the attitudes to the, the 350 million on the side of the bus, oh, yes. which we now know for fact, nobody even in the Leave campaign believed. No, I mean, they, no, because there were discussions about it, documented. Um, I mean, yeah. Michael Gove's... Uh, and I, I, I'm, I'm quoting what I read, so I'm, I'm taking it as, as as true, which is perhaps a, a thing. But his reaction was, "Well, I think it's already out there. We can't retract it." Yeah, it, 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 this was willful. Yeah, it it, it wasn't accident. You know, I, 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 I'm awake at night trying to get things right, thinking, "Did I say that wrong? Did exactly, I accidentally yes, yeah, mislead?" Exactly. But we're up against people who are not actually trying to do that, who are actively actively undermining democracy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they really go to bed. Do you think they go to bed at night and go, right, another good day, another good day undermining democracy? Job done. Uh, uh, in fairness, perhaps some of them don't see it in those terms. Yeah, you know, yeah, they're, they're undermining European democracy. The which means is, justify the ends. Which and, is in their yeah. mind rubbish. And once things are repatriated to the mother of parliaments and palace by the Thames, everything will be somehow super. So, so everything, everything's justified, everything's fair game. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm no boy squire. I'm, I'm not squeamish about this, this sort of stuff. Yeah, sometimes you need to win, but if you're winning by poisoning the well yeah, to yeah. an extent that these guys have, you know, I, I think trust in public institutions, trust in politicians, trust in competence and good faith, and of, of public service. Yeah, it, 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 the, the consequences to this are really, really significant and really, really long term. Way beyond Brexit itself, actually. Yeah, I, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And, and I fear that. Most of the guys who've been, and they are all guys by and large, who've been advocating this, will be coining it in on their consultancy contracts and be nowhere to be seen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And there is this, there is this Maoist destroy it all hmm. tendency, isn't it? It doesn't, it doesn't matter 
bring it all down and, and, and rebuild it in our own image. Oh, and, yeah. and, 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 and never mind the consequences meantime. Yeah. Because we'll be fine. We, on our, on our consultancy contracts with our spivs and speculator pals in the city or whatever else, or our dodgy money, or who knows, who knows what, I, I think there was a very small group of very motivated, very organised people, and I think there was an awful lot of other people just sang along with the band yeah. and didn't realise what was out. It, the, the, the coalition that the Leave campaign was... You know, I think there were some people, particularly in the Tory party, who genuinely believe that the sovereignty of the Westminster Parliament is the most important thing ever. And, yeah, and, and impoverishment is a small price to pay for that. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I, I disagree entirely on, on both counts, but, but, but I, think I, I view that as legitimate. But if, they're willing to admit, if they're willing to admit that there'll be a massive price to pay... In terms of in terms of welfare and living standards, but that's more important than argued on those terms. That's I'm, I'm happy to but, to do that. Yeah. But, but this is it. They allied themselves with people who just wanted to see chaos, or just wanted to see immigration cut, or just wanted to see all sorts of things that actually they didn't. Uh, people who who I, I do think had good motives, and also they're quite fringe people on the whole as well. Yeah. If you look at who they are, you know, they 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 weren't people with massive with massive profiles before. Nope. Um, so I think there, there is this desire to be at the centre of something as well, you know, and you know, look upon my look upon my works, look what I did, everyone. Uh, you mighty and despair, indeed, <laughs> might be indeed. The appropriate one for <laughs> Brexit, Bre- Brexit Mandius or something like that. Brexit Mandius. <laughs> well, we have Simon Stylite on Twitter, oh, on Twitter uh, sitting he, at the top of his. He's really pillar. good. Do, do, do we know if he's he, he or is she? Or she I don't know. I think he. I think, he's he, a he, he's I think a, yeah. Simon would suggest 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 male, but there we, there we are. But, but I, it's strange days, and, and I, I think it is really important for everyone in, in in all political parties, elected or not, or activist or not, or citizen or not, to to be a bit more critical about what we're hearing and why we're hearing. Yeah. Yeah. And, the, the, there is an industrial operation to just make people walk away from politics and uh, plague in all your houses, you're all the same. Yeah, that yeah. just means they win. So, so yeah, that's the thing. So being hated is an advantage. For, <laughs> is an advantage for people. Because they say, well, yeah, hate me, hate my colleagues, hate all of us. Yep. Go and ignore us. Yep. Before you know it, you know, uh, we'll, be, we'll, we'll be in charge and you won't even have noticed it. Well, a case in They looked between the humans and the pigs, and they could not tell the difference anymore. Well, yeah. that's the thing. I, I did uh, Scotland Tonight, which is a, a, a decent political programme, uh, tele-debate uh, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, whenever it was, uh, with one of the UKIP MEPs. Uh, and there was three MEPs, uh, interviewer and, and him, and he spent the entire time just burbling nonsense, shouting people down, assertion after assertion after assertion, much of it wrong, most of it contradictory. Yeah. But it didn't matter. It just... it, but didn't matter. It was yeah. just taking up the oxygen that could have been used for a proper discussion. And I, I was in Brussels, so I watched the reaction to it on Twitter rather than so going out live because you can't legally watch it here. But much of the Twitter reaction, the vast majority of the Twitter reaction was about him. Almost entirely negatively about him. It doesn't matter again. But there we go, job done. So yeah. instead of talking about the ideas or the policies or the things that are happening, it was, well, he's an arse. It said some people, and doubtless sincerely held, but just taking up the oxygen and just distracting from the issue is precisely what the agenda actually is. Of course, in the same time as well, I mean, I, I'm a musician, so we, I mean, we should know this from, from you know, from, from rock and pop. 
cultural culture, you know? Why do people smash it? Why do people smash a guitar? Why do people <laughs> pretend to eat a bat on stage? Why do people trash? We, you know, we need people to, you know, we need people to live the kind of lives where they're trash hotel rooms, because we don't, you know, because well, we have we have we have more normal, you know, more more mon- mundane mundane lives than that, and people, you know, people have this entertainment, but then sure. then they see it as en- see it as entertainment as well, well rather than why why do they do the stunts, you know, the stunts that those of us who are in in the gig, will look at and say, well, that's ridiculous, uh, the uh, the the huge uh, stone. Was it? It was a huge stone monolith with the Labour pledges on. Oh, the, the Ed, Ed Stone or whatever. Yeah, it yeah, was. yeah. That was, that was, or Farage and the rest of them throwing fish into the Thames. You know, fly tipping, yeah. fly tipping, yeah. fish into the Thames. It's because humans are are visual animals. We're barely evolved apes just off the Serengeti. <laughs> Our brain interprets things that if we've seen something, it's likely to happen. Which yeah. is which is why you know think of the lottery any lottery anywhere, and you think of the people smiling with the champagne and the big check, you know, there's the image. Yeah. You know, our rational brain knows that we're statistically more likely to be hit by lightning. But somebody has to win lottery. it. But somebody has to there win you it. Go. Exactly. And I've yeah. seen somebody win it, therefore yeah. it's more likely actually in my head than it is statistically likely in my intellectual brain. And, and, and that's why they do the silly stunts. That's why they're doing the headline-grabbing and eye-grabbing stuff, because it's, it, it's, a, it's an earworm. It, it, yeah. it sticks in the mind. In a way that changes the psychologies, and and, and it's repeti- it's repetition as well that they don't stop, you know, with the with the intrusions and so on, you know, they just keep on going because they plant it and plant it and plant oh, it. Precisely. And actually, when our side's done it, so that the the protest outside Parliament is absolutely fantastic because this was used initially for look at these mentalist Ramonas, mm. you know, pretending that they can do something about it, and now you have lords coming across to tell them about the to tell them about. The results of votes. Absolutely. And, I mean, now it's it's uh, it's it's significant and, and has some influence, you know. No, absolutely. And, and and this is where they've been able to be much more focused and organised because they only had one job. Exactly. Where the rest of us had lots of other jobs. But now we, I mean, the Remain movement has only had one job and does only have one job now. So. Yep. And now is not the time for the narcissism of small differences. Now is the time for everybody to be putting aside whatever we might disagree on and focus on what yeah, we do exactly. agree on. And you know, who's leading on whatever thing? Well, let's coordinate, for goodness, because let's not reinvent the wheel. But let a thousand flowers bloom, but let's all be pointing in the same direction. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that's a very good note to leave it on. That's a, a very good bit of advice. There, yeah. there we are. Wow. Excellent. Wow. Not often we get that on Cape Watch. This is a pit of despair screaming into the void. Well, I've been there. But, yeah, great crack. Uh, good to see you. Well, thanks very much, Alan. Uh, that was that was really great of you to do. And um, I think we'll uh, I think we'll try and try and come back and get some other some more MEPs. Yeah, there's a good squad of us. Uh, by and large, we can keep the Tourettes under control. So yeah, just yeah, about. <laughs> Why not? Thanks very much, Alan. Great to see you. Thanks. We're going up. We're going up the wrong way.